This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist with Mississippi Today. Now, if you've ever wondered what good it would do if large organized faiths joined forces, well, today's guest will certainly be of interest to you. Lapidus and Miles is a collaborative collaboration between two faith-based musicians in Atlanta. Michael Lapidus is a reformed rabbi who serves as school rabbi for the Davis Academy and is also composer in residence at the temple. Melvin Miles is a highly regarded soloist with the historic Ebenezer Baptist Church Choir, and that's former pulpit of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. He's also a native right here in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and is a graduate of Jackson State University Go Tigers. Indicative of the longstanding ties between the communities and their music and message about bringing people together in spirit, love, respect, peace, and justice. We've got a great show ahead of us today. Lacey, I tell you what, truly, they're proof that if two people from different backgrounds and different faiths can get along, it's kind of like you and I, for instance, because you're an Alabama fan and I went to Tennessee. And so, but we still like each other, basically, right? I think they like each other better than we do. I think they do, too, actually. By the way, have you entered the transfer portal yet? No, but okay. I'm about to. You're about to. Yeah, it's been a rough week for you, man. I've been, yeah. I've been, I've been praying being an Alabama fan. It's a little bit rough. Hey, listen, let's just start this new segment off before we get into the interviews. Who won the weekend? The first, uh, I'd say the first winner would definitely be Jason Kelsey. Yes. I know we're happy all retirement s- to him. Happy retirement to him, but his uh, performance during the Bills uh, Chiefs game, uh, bursting out, looking like something out of The Simpsons, was incredible. He might be a better entertainer than Miss Swift. I think that is like the halftime show right there. Yes. Just get him, get just a boombox with her music, have him with like a beverage in a hand and out there dancing with the shirt off. I think it would be boffo ratings. Incredible. I'd watch it in a heartbeat. You would? Yeah. You know, just being a middle-aged guy, that right there just gave me hope. You want to be shirtless on national television? Marshall? No, not really. Nobody else wants it either, actually, come to think of it. But that was pretty cool. That was good. Hey, listen, on a more serious note, um, who won the weekend? Let's just say MDOT, first responders, delivery people, anybody who had to be out in the snow up in North Mississippi in the ice and who had to get around, you guys are winners. Uh, MDOT did an incredible job, considering I think they have like one snow plow. You know, I mean, it was just a tough job, and they were out there literally freezing their tail off. The the line crews that kept the electricity going, that kept the gas going, kept us with food, it was a win all the way around. Agreed. Yeah, so huge on that as well. Hey, uh, speaking of being on the road, I will be on the road this week. I just want to announce a couple stops where you can actually come see me. Uh, one of them is in Starkville. Looking forward to that. It was coming up this Thursday at 11.30 at the Starkville Library. So I'll be speaking there. You can come by. It's free, and you could come in. And we're going to have a book signing afterwards, and they have refreshments, which is really the only reason you'd want to come is because they have refreshments. So highly recommend that. And, you know, you may have heard my interview with Michael Fair-Smith, the, the great author here on MPB. Well, I'm going to be talking to him again. I'll be down in Hancock County at their uh, big foot with the Hancock um, Homegrown Arts um, Book festival. Take I your get, time. I gotta slow down. Take your I time. gotta slow down. It's a new year and a new me. 
and uh, too much caffeine. That's, that's right. So anyway, <laughs> so I'll be down there. I think we're going to be, it'll be at the Hancock Performing Arts Center, uh, which is right near, I guess, Stennis Space Center. If for those of you who are down on the coast, you know where that's going to be. Michael and I'll be talking around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and, and I'm sure Michael will have books to sign as well. So looking forward to that. Michael's one of those kind of people that if I live near him, I think every Wednesday we probably have a drink and talk shop because he's just fantastic. And you'd be better for it. I would be. I'd be much smarter. So <laughs> if I could just write half as well. All right. Well, once again, I mean, I'm very excited to have our guest today. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I'd like to say, where, do, where does today find you? It looks like you're both uh, pretty much at home base right now in Atlanta. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're, we are in Atlanta right now. And Grant Park, I live right by the zoo. So I'm just enjoying the day right now. We just got back from New York and New Jersey yesterday. I saw where y'all are artists in residence. Congratulations on that. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. So what does that what does that entail? Two days of being an artist in res residence. Uh, I'd say for us, it's um it's a it's a fairly traditional format for um, interacting with uh, the Jewish community. So yeah. synagogues, which are um, you know home to to uh, all aspects of Jewish life, right. have some uh, some time and, and programming space set aside to welcome <clears throat> itinerant folks from exotic places like uh, Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> And to make sure that their congregants have an opportunity to interact with um, different voices and ideas and have some uh, kind of cultural interaction. And so we've uh, we've found that that's been a meaningful opportunity for us to get out um, and uh, and do some sharing and do some connecting. Our, our main interest is in trying to find other folks uh, that we call people of conscience. So um, we know that they're everywhere. And in fact, uh, I don't think either of us has ever met a person um, however small-minded they might have appeared who did not have a conscience. So it's a it's an inclusive title, but uh, we're out there trying to connect with those folks. And um, the main challenge on a weekend like the one we just had up in uh, New Jersey is just um, that folks seem to really want to hear what the, what the itinerant musicians and artists and scholars have to say, and sometimes at the expense of sharing their own voice. So just finding time for the dialogue, for the conversation to, to make the real connections. Mike, I'd heard you... Uh quote Mikey Hart from the Grateful Dead saying we're not in the entertainment business we're in the transportation business I love that thank you it's uh all roads lead back to the Grateful Dead for me and uh, I'm working on Melvin he's uh he's amenable <laughs> but has had less uh not there yet. <laughs> less rigorous exposure you know and of course that quote I mean I think really speaks for itself but um, if if uh, if an encounter doesn't help you get from where you are to somewhere closer down the path of where you want to be closer to who you really are, then, then um, either it wasn't the kind of experience that we need in the world today, or you just haven't had an opportunity to, to absorb it and internalize it yet. So yeah, we're definitely not in the entertainment business. So uh, M Melvin could be, I probably couldn't be, I, I got to stick in the transportation business. Melvin's got some crossover. Melvin, yeah. you got some pipes too, man. I, I mean, I love your voice. It is incredible. That I appreciate that. I, I got I, I credit all of that credit to my my dad. He grew uh, I grew up right there in Clarksdale, Mississippi. He taught all of me and my siblings. I have four siblings, and we all have a uh, we have a gospel group that with the Miles family that we sing together occasionally still, uh, even though we have all grown our way and gone our separate ways and to different careers. We still sing together sometimes. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's amazing over the years of doing the show, whenever I have musicians in or really talented, you know, generally people that have been very successful, it seems like all paths go through church, you know, on where, where, where their career started. So, oh, yeah, I started really small and, you know, I did a little bit of singing. I played the piano or whatever. And it, it's just incredible. You know, and of course, we have two degrees of separation here in Mississippi, right? You know, it's, we don't do six, we do two. And, and in fact, Micah, you and I are probably related somehow, too. We'll, we'll get this all because, I mean, I grew up in Marietta, Georgia, so um, I, I know the territory a little bit where y'all are at. But um, you still have a lot of family still over here, Melvin? Oh, yes, definitely. My my dad and mom are st- are in Kosciuszko now. Okay. We, uh, came to Kosciuszko in 2001 after I graduated from high school. And he's pastoring uh, Christian Liberty uh, Church in Kosciuszko. He's been pastoring for over 40 years now. So, yeah, they're still there. I still have two siblings that still live there. And my other two siblings live here in Georgia, close by. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so you don't, you're still doing the I-20 run. Uh, and I saw where you both were here in Jackson. You got to see the two museums. And I was glad you got to check that out. And then the Civil Rights Museum here, incredible. Yeah. That was a that was my first real deep dive into Mississippi. I had a fabulous experience talking about being in the transportation business. We came in for a, a Passover program that I believe takes place annually, or certainly that's the goal. That was spearheaded by the Institute of Southern Jewish Life in partnership with the two Mississippi museums. I got to tour both museums. Uh, an absolute highlight of that was spending time with Hezekiah Watkins, who I believe is a well-known yeah. docent at a Mississippi Museums. Can't remember how many times he's been arrested in his life, but it was uh, significantly more than I have. Um, so it was a great experience. And of course, the people were lovely and uh, and it was just a meaningful and uplifting program. That was great. I mean, and I'd agree with you. I mean, I had never really, the only thing I knew about Mississippi was what I saw in movies, right? You know, until I moved here, I've been here 27 years now. But I mean, it was just like, this place is incredibly, it, I said it's kind of like a rock tumbler. It shapes you and it helps, you know, take off your rough edges and it makes you a little bit more aware on the world. And I wanted to say thank you for what you're doing, because it seems like that since the pandemic that we have been just yelling past each other on social media and, and. And I want to know, how did y'all get together and how did this get started? Because it's like, and I remember like when George Floyd happened and when we're watching that on television and we're watching the, just the turmoil and, and the angst and, the, and the, the, the pain and so forth. And you're just sitting there wondering, what can we do? And you two kind of figured out a very positive way to be able to get that conversation going and get that started. Why don't I do the main timeline, Melvin? You can do the, the commentary along the way. Okay. <laughs> that worked for you? Yeah. All right. And then we'll flip the tables uh, on the next topic. But um, to make a long story short, uh, we, we are the, the children of a, of a deep and longstanding partnership between our two faith communities, Melvin over at Historic Ebenezer Baptist, myself over at the Temple. Those two communities understood decades ago, back in the, in the era of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and Rabbi Jacob Rothschild, both obviously a blessed memory. Um, that there was work to be done and that the work was most what needed to be done together, um, that breaking silos was necessary. And so uh, the two of them had warm personal ties and the congregations had ties that emerged out of those that were deeply enhanced uh, under the leadership that followed and, and the decades that followed. And today the two congregations are involved in a number of efforts, both in terms of 
um, you know, prayer together, but also really doing work that needs to be done around Atlanta and even on a national level, just due to the profile of the uh, the organizations. And um, when I uh, moved down here to start my rabbinic journey in 2008, along with my wife, who's also a rabbi at the temple, she's really a, a full-time rabbi there. I just have this honorary composer title. I was told you must come to the Martin Luther King Shabbat. Went to the Martin Luther King Shabbat, which is a Friday night that takes place at the temple. The combined choirs sing, and it's everything you would think that the two communities coming together would be. I said, uh, next year I need to have a song that is part of this repertoire. And through a chutzpah, which is a, a wonderful Yiddish word, which means somewhere between gall, guts, nerve, and uh, any other thing you want to add uh, to that litany of, uh, of terms, I was able to make it happen. And uh, eventually that, that list of original compositions grew a little bit, and Melvin sang one of the pieces, a piece called Praying With Our Feet, a piece that is very meaningful to both of us about the relationship between Martin Luther King and Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. I said, I can't believe that someone um, interprets this piece so thoughtfully and so beautifully. Uh, surely he's going to want to get together and spend a lot of time <laughs> with me uh, learning more of my songs. Well, I was wrong. Uh, it took a couple of <laughs> years to make that happen, but I've learned that Melvin does things according to his own timeline. <laughs> so Melvin, you want to pick you want to pick it up? Yeah, and that is true. <laughs> um, but it started really, it, it came when George Floyd happened yeah. um, and he Micah sent me a song called I Was Not Silenced. He sent me probably about 40 songs, but wow. uh, that, <laughs> that, that And he's not just picking a biblical number. It probably was about 40 songs. But that that song came in uh, it the song it I Was Not Silent. It was so much darkness going on at yeah. that time. It was that was a particularly hard one uh for us because we actually saw it. Yeah. We actually saw uh, the the murder on with our own eyes, so I didn't know quite how to process it because I had never seen that before. So the only thing that I knew, I knew I wasn't gonna get out in March. I knew I wasn't gonna protest or anything. So what could I do? All only thing that I knew I could do is do music, and I saw those lyrics in that. And that song, and it said, I was not silenced by the darkness. I, I, I have a voice. I have a way to, to, uh, to show my resistance. This, that, that, there, this, it can't stop. It, it cannot stay this way. We cannot keep going this way. So that's how um, I think our relationship really started blossoming at that point when um, I took that song and I recorded my own version of mm. it. Uh, we're gonna uh, probably end up doing it uh, again um, to to bring Micah in and and yeah, it's it that that was the the start of our relationship, I believe. So Micah, one day you just got the phone rang or the email came through or whatever, and you're like, okay, we're on. Yeah, I don't remember the exact moment, but I knew that everything everything that is meant to happen. Um, kind of happens in its own time. So I think those 40 songs or however thousand of songs it was were seeds that I was trying to plant. I understood that just by hearing Melvin sing, and and perhaps this is something that if folks have a chance to listen to our music, they will, they'll agree with or have their own take on it. But when you hear someone sing, um, it's possible if they're truly a gifted vocalist and if they're to, to know their heart. 
And I felt like when I heard Melvin sing, I really understood his heart mm -hmm. and um, not with my own mind, but with my own heart. And so I think there was an instant heart connection there. And we've, and, and I think that, um, that as a result of that, when we share our music and our message, folks are very uh, receptive because it's an open hearted experience. And so I heard, I knew, I felt like I knew Melvin's heart when I heard him sing, I felt that my heart was open, opened when I heard him sing. And so now I think um, kind of in addition to being in, in the transportation business, we're just trying to be in the, in the opening of hearts business. And we find that everywhere we go, you mentioned the yelling and the social media and the echo chambers. That is a, a compelling narrative that I fully attest to in my own life experience, but there's, also a much more profound narrative that I think is also thankfully much more pervasive and human, which is the opening of hearts narrative. People want to have their hearts open. People want to be reminded of the things that they know are right and true and good in this world. People want to be reminded that we have more in common, that we have agency, that we can make a difference, et cetera, et cetera. And so we've been, uh, we've been exploring that together. And again, as Melvin said, in, in the way that Maybe not the only way that we know how, but in a way that is so authentic for us, which is through music. We're going to take a quick break, but I got to tell you, I do like an hour walk every morning, just kind of a meditative thing that helps me heal a little bit. And I listen to I Am, uh, your song I Am, and, and that was absolutely beautiful. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. Guys, I just want to tell you, like I said before the break, uh, I'm I'm one of your new fans, a new groupie. I can't wait to get the shirt, uh, the, the concert shirt and so forth. But I mean... Like I said, it's fun. You're getting invited places. You're getting to come and, and literally speak a little bit. But, I mean, obviously, you two met. You got to know each other. You developed a friendship a little bit. What's that been like a little bit? You know, Because you've been able to share your traditions and your background and your history, and it's kind of been a kind of a, a really interesting learning experience for both of you. It definitely has been. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Mike, I don't I, know. I, that was kind of a – I'm a little nervous <laughs> now. <laughs> I just wonder if he's going to respond in a Hebrew or in English. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's been a great experience uh, learning a new culture, a new yeah. culture, because I've, I've never been around uh, the Jewish community uh, before. So it's, it's been great learning this side of a culture that I've never, I've never seen before. So it's, it's been a great experience. What do you think, Micah? I think it has been great, um, and you're exactly right. We've, there's been been a lot of learning. I will say that um, everywhere we go, we try to take whatever discretionary time we have and put it toward toward noble aims, um, which is easier for me because I'm the early bird. So uh, when we're in Cincinnati, we went to the uh, the Underground Railroad Museum. We've yeah. been together to the U.S. Holocaust Museum in uh, in D.C. as well as the Museum of the African American Experience. Um, and a number of, uh, of other places uh, along the way as well, um, because understanding that we can be a vehicle for one another's greater kind of worldliness and understanding of America, of culture, of faith, of traditions. And um, uh, Melvin chuckled and took the lead on that question because uh, our primary outlets have been in the Jewish community. At, at the beginning of 2023, we set a goal to try to branch out as much as possible into some kind of secular spaces for lack of a better word so uh through some organizations yeah. like the two mississippi museums one america movement and a number of other nonprofits that seem to feel that our music uh, i think rightly is aligned with their their mission 
Um, it, but churches, interestingly enough, have been an area where we've had trouble finding really? outlets, finding a receptive audience, which uh, Melvin, Melvin can go sing at church anytime he wants, but we're still trying to figure out uh, why Lapidus and Miles haven't quite yet been able to find our way into those sacred spaces uh, as well. Well, I was just going to say it, it, it's, it's been difficult getting into the, the church arena and uh, Christian, basically, arena period, because I, I think it's, uh, it, it goes back to that culture. Uh, they're not as welcoming, the African-American communities are not as welcoming of um, anything that's not gospel, anything that is not saying Jesus' name um, in the song, in the music, they're, they're not very welcoming of it. So it's, that's, I think that's one of the main reasons why it's so hard for us to get into uh, church, the church arenas or anything, or religious arenas dealing with African-American. And I'll just jump in and say, I'm sure Melvin's totally wrong about that, even though that's been our experience. So I know that after, uh, after listening to this conversation, we're going to be inundated with open arms from uh, Black churches and other faith communities, by the way, not just Jewish Christian, but folks who want to uh, want to explore how uh, music and faith <clears throat> and uh, and concern for the world in which we live and the world that we're giving to our children um, all all kind of coincide with a good dose of humility, a little bit of humor, <clears throat> and uh, and and no secret agenda to uh, to to reprogram uh, anyone again, just to to open some hearts. You know, number one, like I said, I mentioned I am, and and um, which, by the way, how did that ever turn out? Because the the the, the version of it that I saw was a YouTube video, where it's basically your tiny studio uh, audition. On that, did you ever hear from them? Did they like say maybe next time? But because I'm going to call them up and tell them they need to get you on there, or I can bring you in here because we have a tiny studio or we can tiny desk. We would love that. We would do Zero tiny feet. studio, not tiny desk. So we could. Zero, zero feedback on the I am front. Uh, I'll say that we're in the process of recording that now and have a, and, and have meaningful plans for the way that a recorded version of that will honor um, what that song means to uh, to the two of us. But it's like everything else, it's it's a work in progress. It's a beautiful song. That's not, thank yeah. you. Melvin, you want to say anything about it? Well, that song, it it is very, very special to, uh, to me as well because it, it's basically affirmations for everybody. You can, young people can use it, students in school can use it, adults can use it, everybody can use that, those lyrics of those songs to affirm that you are not invisible. Right. You well, are here, we are all yeah. here. Well, I mean, we it's like, yeah, I mean, we're all, and I don't know about if this is your take on things, but I mean, it's like, it seems like we have been going for, and especially, in, I mean, what's gone on since October, too, with the anti-Semitism, as I learned how to speak English today. But, I mean, it's, there's literally been so much just angst and hate and so forth that's going on. This song literally is a bomb, you know, when you because I think everybody's just burned out right now because it's like we have been going from one crisis to another for the last few years. And so that song's like, okay, no, maybe I am okay. Maybe I can get up and maybe I can move forward. I mean, I found great hope in it at 4.30 this morning as I'm walking around my neighborhood in the dark trying not to hit, get hit by a car, um, which, you know, that would have been very bad. But it, the song itself was incredible. And so um, I'm going to make sure I put a link. Um, I'm going to send it out on my social media just so that folks can hear it too because I think it's fantastic. 
That would be awesome. I mean, I think the key insights, just the, the origin story of that song, not the whole origin story, because part of what we like about the song is that it's uh, really open to interpretation. But like many songs, it wrote itself in, in, in about two minutes. So it came fully, fully manifested. And, and when a song comes that way as a, as a composer and as a songwriter, you just try to take that. You, you, you note that, right? We still hold on lightly to things. I mean, we're not too too serious uh, about our work around here. But you know, when a song comes fully fully formed, you you honor that and you celebrate that and you note that. Um, but I think the key insight in I am is that in saying I am does not mean that you are not, right? It's right. an invitation for you to also say I am. And it's that, um, it's that really, I, I'm realizing this for the first time. I mean, it's just that I language um, that uh, the I language I think has been co-opted in today's world if you use i language it's somehow a reflection of your vanity and your narcissism but ultimately i whether with a with a even with a capital i i prefer the lowercase i in a spiritual sense is is an affirmation of our humanity and that's that's square one for um for uh for having a meaningful connection to one another you, you like you said you just got back from a few days up in New Jersey. You're talking to people and everything else. What are some of the things that you're hearing from people? What what are their fears? What are their hopes? What do what do what does what do average people actually want? Um, us where we can go as a country. I've heard uh, a lot of people come up to me saying that they don't feel that there is hope. Wow. Uh, and there's a there's a lot a lot going on to make you feel that way yeah. you know uh, that 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 there's no hope so that's mainly what i've heard folks coming up and but hopefully and i feel that our music has been inspirational to to give people that hope to understand that there is something that they can do you can do something about i mean in your own small way you don't have to be hopeless you can get up and do something yourself to make a change. However, you in your own little way make a change. Yeah, that's that's my word to them. I think the yearning for connection yeah. is something that I'm hearing a lot about. I think um, a desire to uh, to reassert some sort of control, not in a not in a way of um, you know not not in a um, not. Well, I'll just not say what it's not. I'll say what it is. I think that to recapture that sense of agency, um, that my voice matters, that my vote matters, that my work matters, that my children's future matters, um, and and that there's something that I and that we can do about it. Um, I think that part of what's happening is uh, um, there. It seems to me that there are forces at play that are seeking to obviously to divide and there that speaks to the yearning for connection but then to kind of systematically disempower us to make us question whether um you, you know i thought i put my shoes on in this morning this morning but maybe it's fake news et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. and without laying that rest squarely at the feet of social media or politics um i think there are even probably forces beyond that somehow that are seeking to uh to to destabilize our footing, whether it's ethical, moral, spiritual, communal, and so people wanting to find ways to uh, to resist that. We we sang the "I am not I was not silent" song yesterday to a group of 
third through sixth graders up in New Jersey. And we asked them, what does this song mean to you? Because they're going to be able to identify it much more clearly than us. And the last young person who spoke, he said, I think it's a song about resistance. And uh, we were like, yeah, it is. It's a song about resistance, um, uh, among other things. But uh, those are some of the things that, that I think we're hearing. Well, I mean, the thing I really like about your relationship, and one of the big reasons I want to get you on, A, because I feel like that your message is something that we really need, particularly starting off when tw- a new year. But one thing I really love about this is it's like, you know, some something happened, something bad, you felt helpless, then you reached out because you had something in common, and you developed a friendship. And And I've got a very good friend that Right before I moved here, she was shot by an AK-47. There was a racist that was holed up in a po' folks and was shooting people that he saw through his scope that was a different color than him. And she was reporting for our newspaper at the time. I worked for the Clarion Ledger at the time. And he saw her about three-quarters of a mile away and shot her in the neck. And so I literally almost lost one of my best friends in the world before I ever met her. And she stumbled into the hotel. She was saved literally by a nurse who was there. It was an angel situation. The bottom line is that she and I worked together. We probably wouldn't have ever spoken much about the situation, but I had cancer. And so I came in one day and I was like, I have this now six inch scar on my back from my cancer. And she said, I'll show you my scar if you show me yours. And so I was like, okay. And so she showed me her scar, which she's since got the coolest tattoo ever around. And I showed her mine and I quit being afraid because I was afraid of the cancer and she opened up about her situation. And it was just, now she's one of my best friends in the world because we found something in common that we're able to do that. And y'all have been able to do that too, because like I said, you come from different disciplinary uh, face and, and just different worlds. And now in the middle that you, other than the fact that Melvin sleeps late, which seems to be some serious issues. And if y'all would need a therapist, I know a good one, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're finding these these roads now to be able to create art and, and you're using art to be able to get past uh, our, our the algorithms that are dictating to us what we're supposed to be believing about the other person. And so I'm just saying thank you. I appreciate what you're doing. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I um, there uh, there's definitely a song and and uh, I'll show you my scar if you show me yours. Um, oh, now my aunt know. tried to do that too with her breast yeah. cancer. And I said, no, thank you. That's right. <laughs> That's a different song. Yeah. Different song. Uh, yeah. I, I, we, thank you. Thank you for the, thank you for helping us to amplify our voice and, and, um, and, and thank, thank God we're not alone. There are lots of folks out there that I think are doing it in their quiet ways um, and in their not so quiet ways with, and, uh, and we look forward in the coming chapters for our own story of of being able to build more bridges and and find more folks. Like I said, we're really trying to convert those seeds that were planted into into seeds of real connection and friendship and solidarity. Because if two people can be stronger together, imagine imagine if we could really uh, reconstitute some version of of the movement. Um, you know, not not to not to even limit it to what it might be. Um, but whatever the movement that is necessary in order to to uh, to get us a little bit less stuck um, than, than mm-hmm. we currently seem to feel. Yeah, definitely don't want to go totally Nixon here in the silent majority, but I'd like to feel like that there is a large 
just group of people of conscience, like you say, that are out there that are like saying, okay, this has gone far enough. We need to stand up and we need to figure out how to reach out across the aisle and to be able to talk to people that, that maybe don't, you know, on social media don't agree with us, but they're probably have things that we can talk about and learn from each other. I think you get a lot of people who would stand up for that. I think that's uh, a lot of folks feel that they're part of that silent majority. Yeah. And what better way to do that than through music? Amen. You know, that's that's the way to to reach anyone and everyone, you know, and I appreciate you bringing us to Mississippi. We've only been to Mississippi that one time when we came uh, and visited the two museums. So this, I think, will amplify our message of, of sharing our love and our aspirations of giving hope to the hopeless in Mississippi. I know there's a lot, I'm from there, so I mean, I know there's a lot of hopeless people in Mississippi and, and I want I want our music to reach them and let them know that there is a way. Well, and I mean, and you know Mississippi, like you said, I mean, how do you get a place like the Delta where you've had incredible pain and so much suffering and yet almost like a piece of grit and an oyster, it's created this beautiful pearl of, of the blues, you know, and and that's kind of the story of Mississippi and the fact on that. I mean, I really do. I hope you guys get over here because, um, A, because we have such an incredible Jewish history and Jewish culture um, through the years and so forth, not only before the civil rights movement, but with, with everything in the Delta and along the coast uh, through Vicksburg, but also uh, with the civil rights movement, too. I mean, there's just been inc- that part has been fantastic. And, of course, Melvin, I mean, you being at Ebenezer, uh, that's just, how'd, number one, how'd you get that gig? Because that's, that is like, that's like the Super Bowl every Sunday that you get to go do that. Well, it, it actually happened by happenstance because I, when I, once I moved here, actually, I moved here after I left MPB. I used to work at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, so uh, when I moved here, um, I was looking for a church, a church home. And I joined Ebenezer. It took me about a year before I started participating in any of the music uh, and the worship ministries and, and everything. And once they found out that I have a voice, they asked me to uh, to uh, lead one of the songs, and I, I agreed to do it. And and that was that was the beginning of it. I mean, that. See, I'm impressed because when I was singing in church, they told me to stop. <laughs> It's like, hey, we don't that do gnashing of teeth here. You know, we don't. We, we only do joyful noise. We don't do gnashing of teeth. So, <laughs> make a joyful noise. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't very joyful. <laughs> I can, I can draw well. We'll just put it that way. That's my, that's my skill. I tell you what, I man, don't believe that for a second. But I will say, just a plug for the arts in general. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, as a cartoonist, as a, as an author, as a, also the art of having a conversation, of course, is an art. Um, it's it just just a plug for the arts. It's so nice to know that um, we're a couple steps removed from from uh, from those I'd say sort of less uh, less human modes of of communication. Um, although I don't mean to pass judgment on it, but I'm reminded of a of a of a poem by a very famous Israeli poet Yehuda Amichai, who was the first poet laureate of Israel, who said, um, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Once you've beaten your swords into plowshares, don't stop there. Turn them into musical instruments, because that way, before you can turn them back into swords, you'll have to you'll have to turn them into plowshares again first. And so I always remind myself, 
that when you're creating music together, if you're doing it in the right way, violence is, is the furthest thing from your heart and to kind of um, guard your heart against uh, that other human tendency to allow the anger and the despair and the hopelessness and the rage to overwhelm you is something that I've found time and again in art. And then Melvin and I do do have a slight bias in favor of music as the uh, as the uh, pinnacle of the artistic expression, uh, mostly because uh, um, it makes you feel when it hits you feel you feel okay. Micah, and we're going to take a quick break, but Micah, don't ever let anybody ever uh, say that your guitar player is under, underrated because you're fantastic as a guitar player, too. So just to let you know that. And I want to, to throw that in there as well because we've been giving Melvin a lot of love and we just didn't, I didn't want you feeling left out on that. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on today. we got a few more minutes. I was going to ask a little bit. I mean, obviously, you talked about going in and recording some songs a little bit. Um, and People obviously can find your music on YouTube. You can, you know, search and your stuff comes up that way. How's other ways people can find your music? And when you're going to record it, are you going to come out with an album? We we are working. Uh, you can find all of our music on all the digital platforms. Okay. So Apple, Apple Music, Spotify, um, all of them. It's, it's on there. Um, you can look up uh, Lapidus and Miles or you can find it up under my name, Melvin Miles. And uh, YouTube, of course. Um, so, and, and our hopefully our n newest album will be coming out in the summer. Uh, that's because we're actually in the studio now working on it. Uh, we we started back in December. Was it November when we started uh, working on this next album? Yeah, we're working about eight eight nine songs. You know, I think in, in general, we're easy to find. I think what is harder for folks is to um, is to is to understand, I guess, just to have that motivation. I mean, there's so much content. There's so much information. Mm -hmm. There's so much great stuff. There's so much horrible stuff. And we found, and this is why I, uh, Melvin's heard me say at least a thousand times, thank you for your generous attention. Um, that attention is the, the greatest gift that we can give one another. And again, not in that um, narcissistic way, but just to give someone a piece of your heart and of your mind and of your soul, even for a moment in this world, when our attention has is a, is a top shelf commodity that is being um, deeply, uh, deeply coveted by, again, very powerful for forces and entities. So, um, we are, we're not really, um, I mean, of course we want to be able to sustain and grow, but our ultimate aspiration is to be grant funded, to be able to say, you know what, we need to bring our, our, our musical message and healing to this time in this space. And so we're going, um, but even finding the kind of grant funding and other outlets, we're, we're, we're still looking into that and exploring that this is, uh, um, you know, we have, have limited bandwidth and our, and as musicians, our primary interest is in the making of the music, but there's a whole infrastructure that allows things of value to to grow and to thrive in this world. And so we're we're trying to figure out how to build that out and make ourselves more accessible and then hoping that on the other side of things that through very affirming conversations like this one, for which we're so grateful, um, that those motivate us to do some of the infrastructure building that is less fun, less artistic in nature, but necessary in order to to allow people to experience the music and for us to experience them in, 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 in return. 
Yeah, I would kind of think that the music kind of gets your foot in the door and allows you to be in front of an audience and allows you to be able to open up and have a conversation. And then when you open that conversation, people in the audience can have the conversation. And therefore, it's like planting the seed, correct? That's right. That's right. Uh, that's that's our objective is yeah. to get get the music out and, and plant the seed so they can take the the word out to their networks and and show the people that there is there is work to do we have work to do and we can join in that work and that's our whole message get up and let's get to work and let's let's do something so 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 put this thing down right here right put the phone down and (laughs) start talking to each other praying start praying with your feet yeah Get up and move. There, there, I mean, there's a lot that can be done. And I mean, find ways, whatever way that you can, whatever way that inspires you, that fulfills you, that gives you hope, that, that be, the per- be the person that you want to see in the world. Be the change that you want to see. You want to see a change? Be that change. That's our message. That's our entire message to everybody. Let's just try to make this world a better place is 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 going is going down well people are trying to make it go down yeah michael said earlier there are people there are powers that are seeking to divide us we cannot let that happen we is it's just it cannot happen you know i think one of the biggest things that faith gets you and i certainly know this from uh from jewish tradition and i know that there are corollaries in all faith traditions is just that are is hope and optimism and that it's something that is uh um that is built on a really stable rock and so i'm an optimist our undertaking is a joyful and an optimistic one full of laughter and humor and beauty and uh, i'm just so glad that i grew up in a tradition that centered hope um, while simultaneously having an eyes wide open view of the world Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you know we there's uh so to to be able to see the, the difficulty clearly and to know that we have not again not on some mountaintop or in some esoteric or unattainable place but right in our own hands in our own mouths as, as the book of deuteronomy says it's in our mouths it's in our hearts to do it um it is a message that i'm just so grateful for i don't know if i would have come to it on my on my own if i hadn't had a tradition that said hey um you know this happens and, and this is hard and this is scary and this is wrong but there's also this which can be done in response to it. And this is powerful and this is good and this is yours. And it is scary. It's, it's, it's very scary. Everything is scary that that if you don't know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. you don't you don't know the surrounding the environments. It's very scary. But you have to you have a voice for a reason. You have gifts for a reason whatever your special gifts are you have those for a reason and you have to use it you have to use it well it seems like if if everybody's sitting there thinking that they're helpless if they get up and change the world just right around them if 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 like we all did that i mean we would literally change the world because it's because i can't i can't change things in atlanta and believe me i drive in atlanta enough to know that there's no there's some things that just will never change Uh, 285 is one of them Um, (laughs) but that said you know, if you can change your little universe right around you, because somebody, I once did a TED talk where they said, um, you know, 
how do we change Jackson in 200 years? I'm like, I'll be dead. I won't be able to change Jackson in 200 years. But if I can change the life of somebody now, then that person will change somebody's life and that'll change somebody's life and down the road. And it sounds like y'all have figured out a very good formula to be able to, to get at least opening up conversation. Let me ask you this, because you both now spend some time to each other. I've discovered little things about, you know, you, Melvin, more than you, Micah. Like, for instance, well, Micah, I know you're an early riser. Melvin, I know you're not. What are two things, what are some things, or at least one thing, that surprised each one of you about the other, getting to know you, getting past maybe thinking you understood where you came from and in your history and so forth? What are just a couple things that maybe surprised each other? Uh, I would say I, I think I, I was more surprised at the anxiety that, that, that Micah has. I, I was really not expecting, you know, the, uh, the anxiousness of, um, you know, he wrote 40 how, songs. Okay. That's, that's a sign of anxiety. If there ever was one, I'm an artist. I know how that works. I try to get them to relax a little bit, you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, is that was uh, a shocker for me. Yeah, you cracked me up on on Melvin's side. Um, I, I love and uh, and appreciate that. Uh, if he doesn't like it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, instantly. So, Melvin, I take it you you don't pull any punches. You just like you don't mess around with fools. Uh well, you know. It, life life has a way of uh, of teaching you to to just go ahead and and not hold any punches. Just go ahead and let let people know. You, life is too short to to be beating around the bush. Yeah. No. Just go ahead and get it done. Say what you got to say. Do what you have to do, and move on. You know, that's another thing that our traditions emphasize, uh, it's certainly Jewish tradition, is the, the urgency of now. Um, yeah. You know, there's, uh, with the exception of the Sabbath, where we just kind of sit back and try to take the world as it is, um, you know, uh, li- life is happening now, the work needs to be done now, uh, the time to, to call out the injustice is now. And uh, Marshall, you mentioned this idea of, uh, of um, changing, changing the world, sort of, on your block, even in your home, maybe even just within one room of your home, or or maybe just in one room of, of your own heart. And that reminded me very much of a song that Melvin and I have the pleasure of hearing multiple times a year that was sung at, a, at, at Martin Luther King Jr.'s funeral, If I Can Help Somebody, um, yeah. then my living will not be in vain. And uh, that's something that we think about a lot. That's beautiful. Really, um, as who was a member of, of of Ebenezer, she sung that song at uh, Martin Luther King's funeral, and she continued. She until she passed last year, she sang that song at the temple every year for MLK Shabbat services. Uh, if I if I can help somebody, then my living will not be in vain. What's next for y'all? Obviously, you're recording. Um, are you on the road? Are you going to be doing it? And, and I, I tell you what, I'm going to mention y'all to as many people as I can because I need to get you over here to Mississippi because I want to meet both of you in person. So that would be great. You know, right now it's it's more of the same. I mean, I always think the next song is the best song, but in the meantime, we have already more than enough music and more than enough to offer that we're just trying to um, trying to get out there. We don't think that there's a 
a mass market way of doing this. That's mm -hmm. not our goal. That's not our aspiration. It's person by person, town by town, community by community. And so we are seeking out really just the meaningful invitations, whether that's to make music with people, to visit a community, to participate in a program. And we're doing our best to hold space in our calendars, knowing that and anticipating that meaningful and increasingly meaningful invitations will be forthcoming. That's been our experience so far, which leads us to know that our hearts are in the right place because the universe does not reward uh, folks whose hearts aren't in the right place, I don't believe, in spite of in spite of appearances that might lead you to think otherwise. And so <laughs> we're just we're just waiting on those invitations. And when we feel like the invitations are in a little short supply, we do a little something to kind of push things forward a little bit. So, well, speaking so of short supply, we're unfortunately out of time. Thank you both for being with us. Uh, it's incredible. I'm going to make sure that people hear all about you. Oh, they just did. That's great. Hey, thanks for listening. This is produced, of course, by the incredible Lacey Alexander. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fits coming up next. Join us next Monday at 10 a.m. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Y'all have a great week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.